Welcome inside episode 666 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains on a game day for the Sens. The Vancouver Canucks are in town, and the Sens are hoping to snap a five-game losing streak. And General Manager Pierre Dorian spoke with the media yesterday to give an update on Josh Norris, talk about his feelings on the head coach right now, and more. Also, the Sens remain the center of the universe, starring on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. We'll let you know what that is and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Tuesday, November 8th. The show is free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by clicking the thumbs up and subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel. The road to 5,000 subscribers continues. And Pilsy, I think if Ryan Reynolds buys the Sens, that could give us a little boost. I mean, I think everybody gets a little boost if uh, if that happens. And yeah, we'll. Uh, do you want to get into it now or are we leaving that for later on? No, I think it needs to be discussed. I mean, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon is one of the most watched shows in America outside of football and and the Ottawa Senators front and center in last night's interview with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, and if you were wondering whether he has serious or genuine interests, I think he's made it as public as possible that he is interested now. When you're looking at buying a sports team, it costs a lot of money, so all uh, sh- sugar daddies and uh, sugar mommies out there, Ryan Reynolds is applying because he needs some partners to go for this, but I think he, he's the kind of guy, Ross, that I think with ownership in the team, he's going to sprinkle in some of his own ideas, right? Like, like he's isn't he making an entire TV show about the soccer team he owns in Wales right now? So, like, it would definitely bring along some fun ideas, which, uh, hey, I'm all for. Yeah, really cool. If you've missed a clip, we retweeted it at Send Central, basically saying he needs a sugar mama or a sugar daddy, someone with very deep pockets, as we knew. With his net worth being 150 million, that's not enough to single-handedly own an NHL. A measly 150 million, Ross. That's it. What are you poor? <laughs> but no, the star of waiting, and we'll keep waiting until news comes out. However, a little birdie on Twitter, our good friend, defense minister, may have said that Ryan Reynolds could be in Ottawa tonight. What uh, a, a gasoline sprinkle on the fire that would be if after the. The Tonight Show, he ends up in Ottawa the next day. Especially, Ross, because he's a Vancouver guy and the Vancouver Canucks are in town. So, yeah, that would be very, very interesting. And the Sens, I'm not, I don't think I'll put the must-win stamp on it because we need a little, you can't go back-to-back must-win games. We need a little breathing room here. But it's a a need-to-win game. (laughs) Can we spin it that way? It's a need-to-win game. It's as close to a must-win as you can get without calling it a must-win game. Hey, the Vancouver Canucks, after their brutal start, have won three of their last five and got a loser point in the other one. So 3-1-1 nice. one one 
in their last five. Yeah, I don't know what that's like going to overtime or even just extending the games. And I know a lot of Sens fans will save it for a lookout player, but there's a contributing member of the Canucks top six who we all had in our depth charts throughout the summer. He was a guarantee slam dunk, take it to the bank. He was going to play for the Ottawa Senators. We'll save that a little bit later. But first, I want to get into Pierre Dorian, his conversation with the media. It was 14 minutes long. I thought he handled, him, handled himself pretty well. Made a few jokes, had some insight into why he thinks that the record is skewed versus the numbers of how the game is actually being played. But he also understands that at the end of the day, wins are how you keep your job safe. Yeah, to be, to be honest, I know a lot of fans are fuming and uh, things are tough in Sensland, especially on Twitter. But I really thought Pierre Dorian handled this exactly how I hoped he would. And the fact that he, from my understanding, he called this press conference. Like, he was willing to be like, all right, first off, obviously, there's big news on Josh Norris' update. But I'm willing to face the music in a five-game winning streak. I, I'm going to be here as, and DJ Smith said this, as the leader of this team, Pierre Dorian was like, I'm going to cool things down a little here. And that's where I've been this whole time. I know it's been frustrating, but the team is close. They're, are they playing great hockey? No, but they're right there and the results aren't there. So I'm not hitting the panic button. Everyone on the team, it seems like in all the players are saying, we're not hitting the panic button. Keep that panic button away, guys. And I, I was not surprised at all to hear Pierre Dorian say he has full faith in DJ Smith. And Ross, this this didn't seem like a kiss of death. I've got full faith in my coach. Like this seemed very different than that. So I, I think this team just needs to kind of get things clicking here. There's a there's a big move, a big coaching change that finally it looks like it's going to happen. I think that's going to have positive influence here. But uh, maybe maybe I'm bearing the lead a little here, Ross, as we should jump into the Josh Norris update because that was the big piece of news. Yeah, 100 percent. You made a video yesterday. That's why you have to put the bell on on YouTube. Be notified when new videos come out as, as Pilsy broke it down. From the standpoint that Josh Norris saw five different doctors, two shoulder specialists, does that make you feel better about it? Or were they just hunting until a doctor said, hey, he's all good, just rehab? No, I don't I don't think the, the latter is the case there, Ross. I think it's just when you're a guy in your early 20s and you've had this many issues on the same shoulder, I think it makes sense to get a little uh, piece of information from as many different sources as you can and try to make the most informed decision, which it seems obviously like Josh Norris has done. And if you haven't heard, the news is that he will not be getting shoulder surgery and he's going to rehab it and see how that goes. So I think... I think that's great news because if he gets the shoulder surgery, you know he's done for the year. Like, that's it. Like, that's basically confirming it. Now, does this mean he's guaranteed to come back in games this season? No, there's no guarantee. Pierre Dorian said, let's call me back in the new year and we'll have a better idea of where things are at. But it's much more hopeful that he's going to be back. And anytime, as a lot of people were saying on Twitter, even, you know, People that aren't high-level athletes, they know anytime you can avoid surgery, that's a positive. Yeah, and Norris uh, himself said it's been frustrating, but like he feels good. He's still able to, you know, ride the bike and and yeah. walk. He he loves his walks, eh, through the forest. Uh, I think he's saying that's one of his favorite. Yeah, hobbies. nature Going guy. Forward. We we were talking with. Um, uh, Welcome to your Carlson years about that. Uh, he's got to start a, a podcast where it's just nature walks with Josh Norris. Yes, 100%. Dorian mentioning that if he goes for surgery now, 
or if the rehab fails and he has to go for surgery anyways, he's out for the rest of the year. So You're looking at next season either way, yeah. So good on him. They're going to reevaluate in the new year. I would say, not a doctor, I would say we won't see him before February at the very earliest. Oh, yeah. I would even say, yeah. I, I'm thinking late March, April is is best case scenario. Again, not a doctor, but that's just the vibe I'm getting here. Sounds like a free trade deadline acquisition potentially. But first, the Senators need to straighten out because they've lost five in a row. And this is a team that, yeah, the underlying numbers can look however they like. And I do appreciate Pierre Dorian looking at expected goals. I don't know if I feel the same way about him and the coaching staff recounting the shots against against Florida saying, it was only 45. We didn't let in 58 shots, only 45 in that one. I mean, in fairness, that's a big difference. Like if they're if they're tight about three or four or even five shots, that's one thing. But you're you're looking at around 10 shots there. So but if yeah, it it is funny that uh, the, the whole staff is huddling like there's one. Is that one? Yep, one. Okay. <laughs> Dorian's a likable guy. And you know what I, I, I like him. Yeah. I like the cherry picked stat. With Shane Pinto. Josh Norris and Tim Stutzla in the lineup. The Sens are 15, 6, and 1. Playing the parade. Let's go. I mean, who among us doesn't cherry pick stats when things are down bad, right? Oh, no, I do. I do. I'll put two hands up for that one. And you can find those cherry pick stats on Twitter <laughs> at Sens Central. Yeah, you can. On Instagram, LockedOn.Senders. We're trying to be a little more active. We got this fancy vertical template. So you can find those reels over at LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. And I made a Reddit page yesterday. We'll see how that goes. But what a rabid community on on Reddit. Holy moly. Okay, so we'll check that out as well. Pilsy, got a word from one of our favorite sponsors. And then we're going to get into a full game day preview. I also have one more thing from Pierre Dorian that I want to get into. But first, you've got a word from one of our favorite sponsors. Yes, Ross, it's finally, it seems like the NHL on Sundays and Mondays have just been, the schedule makers have taken the night off, but now we're on Tuesday and there are a lot of games. I'm going to have a parlay for you guys, so hold on to the end of this read, but you know where I'm doing it. It's at betonline.ag and you got to check out betonline.net for all the latest sports, odds, player performance props. Props, whatever you like, overs, unders, money line, puck line, they got it all. And it's not just hockey. They got, well, baseball is done. But if you if you had baseball for the World Series, Phillies didn't go the way I wanted, but that's okay. But there's football, there's basketball, there's boxing, golf, UFC, whatever you want. They got it at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. And Ross, I'm on betonline.ag right now for my parlay. I'm thinking this game, Vancouver Canucks and the Senators, is going to hit the over. The over set at six and a half. Both these teams have had troubles keeping the puck out of their own net. And they've been some high-scoring games as well. So the over is six and a half at minus 129. And I'm just going to take an easy one here. The Arizona Coyotes versus the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres have been on fire lately. So I'm taking their money line at minus 211. Put 10 bucks into that. You're going to win $16.17. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day over at betonline.ag. That's where the game starts. And with that $16 you win, you can go and get a platter that can feed everybody at Shawarma Palace. Shawarma Palace is one of our favorite sponsors. It's our local sponsor. Shout out Ottawa. Vanier stand up from that conversation 
with Ryan Reynolds. And if you cross that bridge on Rideau Street from Vanier into Centertown, well, you can't, can't miss Shawarma Palace on the left-hand side right after you pass Coburg as well. So you're able to get that Shawarma Palace downtown. Any of their nine locations, you can check out at Shawarma Palace. And if you're hungover, let's say, you're late night, you just want to get home, but you're hungry, you can order Shawarma Palace on any of your favorite delivery apps. You are never too far away from Shawarma Palace. We always like to have our Shawarma Palace ads on Tuesdays and Thursdays because that sends game days and sends game days taste better at Shawarma Palace. It's local, it's delicious, it's affordable, it's everything that you want in a great comfort food like a Shawarma. Ottawa's known for their Shawarmas and Shawarma Palace is the king of Shawarma in Ottawa. We're happy to share our love with Shawarma Palace with you, the listener. Tweet at us on social media and let them know when you get at any of the nine Shawarma Palace locations that Locked On Senators sent you. You might even get a discount. You got to go give it a try. Go let them know. Locked On Senators sent you to Shawarma Palace. Oh, I get so happy every time I talk about Shawarma Palace. Go make me jealous. Tweet at us at Send Central. I get the chicken shawarma platter with extra garlic. Make sure you get that extra garlic. We got a lot of people loving the spicy garlic as well. I'm going to have to try that when I'm back home for Christmas as well. Shawarma Palace sends game days. Tastes better at Shawarma Palace. It's not a must win, but it kind of feels like one. It's a need to win, Ross. A need to win. The Ottawa Senators hosting the Vancouver Canucks tonight. The Canucks look like they're going to get a boost. Brock Besser has missed the last few games. Skating on the top line. We'll get to the lineups a little bit later on. Our lookout player, our locked on player, and some keys to an Ottawa victory. But first, Pilsy, one last note from the Pierre Dorian press conference. And there's a few things that we already discussed, the Josh Norris um, talk. And I want to get a little bit further into the DJ Smith conversation because he he was quick to say that he's our coach. But did you not get a little bit of flashbacks with the Guy Boucher situation? He fired him three days after saying his job was safe. Yeah, no, not at all, Ross. And that's what I was saying. This didn't seem like the, the classic kiss of death, like we're going to give him full confidence and then let him down early. It's kind of like like bringing the sheep to slaughter, right? Like you don't scare it right away. You let it know like, yeah, you pet it. Everything's good. Everything's good. Just walk into this door and then boom, you're gone. It's not like that. That's not what it seems like. Like I really think DJ Smith is Pierre Dorian's guy because Dorian didn't hire Boucher, did he? Yes. Oh, he did? Yeah. Well, that kind of, that kind of changes my point there. But with Guy Boucher, everyone knew it was done. Like the system was getting old. Nothing was changing. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. I was I was so mad at that. I had to hit this. Rest is a weapon. I, if I hear that one more time, I'll go crazy. That's the thing. Like, that was Guy Pouget's tagline. And the GM is saying, I hate that. So, I think the writing was on the wall there. It really seems like these two are, are working together here. And I, I'll, I'll say it again. As of uh, time of recording, 9.35, Tuesday, November 8th, 2022... I am not 
on the hashtag fire DJ train because I don't think that's the shakeup they need. I think there's a lot of other things that need to change and can change and hopefully will change that will help bring this team around. But yeah, I, I don't think this is a, a case where we see, we see a firing up, upcoming here. I mean, everything can change. And Pierre Dorian said that the next 10 games is crucial. I think we had our most replies yeah. to a tweet ever when I asked how many of the next 10 games do they need to win? for you to restore confidence in the group as it's built right now. And the next 10 games, I mean, there are some winnable matchups in here. They've got Vancouver at home, New Jersey on the road. I'm not going to run through all 10 of the games, but it includes a trip out West to play the three California teams and Vegas. But what I'm seeing right now is a team that has some momentum in terms of how they're playing, but just can't get over the hump. It seems like every game, it's something different that's bogging them down. Like right now it's the power play over five. That's got to get straightened yeah. out. Yes. You're missing Josh Norris, but every team deals with injuries. So we'll see. But the, the real reply out of the next 10 is everyone says six plus a loser point or two, or you got to go seven and three. And like the season it's early, but it's starting to slip away. This is a team that's in 30th place right now at a 32. No, yeah, that's the thing. I, I can't deny that. Like, I, I'm trying to be positive and say things will change. But five-game losing streak, it's bad. Like, there's no way around that. Um, Ross, as far as the schedule goes, I'm going to co-sign with our good buddy at Leams Martian here. He put out his, uh, his November games and how he expects them to go. And uh, I'm kind of with him. So, again, I'm not going to go through all the games like you mentioned. But... Martian says the record needs to be 11 and 11 or equivalent points. I would say that's accurate. Like if, if you can't, if you can't uh, muster up that you're in big trouble. Like you need to be at least 500 heading out of this, uh, out of this month. Yeah. You'd hope so. And especially like you still have a lot of home games here and we're pulling up instead of reading it over. If, if you are watching on YouTube, we've pulled up the rest of the November schedule and there's just plenty of winnable games. I think my next must win Pilsy. Well, it depends. We said two out of the next three, they need to win. But if you don't win on Alfie night next Monday, note the start time, five 30 Eastern. Yeah. That's tough against an Islanders team that you should beat. If you think that you're going to compete for a playoff spot later this year, but their next chance to do that is tonight. We've got locked on players, lookout players and some keys to victory. And this Canucks team confuses the heck out of me. Let's get into all that coming right up. But first, Pilsy, you got one more word from our favorite sponsors. Yes, it's important, as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Ross, to protect your house. And it's something worth repeating because your your house is, that's your home. That's your safe haven. So why wouldn't you do everything you can to protect it? And doing everything you can to protect it, Ross, is easy. Dare I say, it's simple. That's Simply Safe because so many people have trusted them. Over 4 million, who's counting though? And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, as it should be. They got cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back all day long, every day of the year, you're covered. And they will call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Your home is covered in protection with sensors for every room, window, and door. They've got HD security cameras for inside and outside of your home. And 
Simply Safe is not just for break-ins and things like that. They can detect fires, floods, other threats to your home. So the mother nature is also a danger and you got to make sure you're covered. And they use proprietary advanced response technology so they can visually confirm when a break-in is real so you get the highest priority police dispatch if that does happen. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL and you'll save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. So visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. Guys, it's simple. There's no safe like Simply Safe. It's game day for the Ottawa Senators taking on a Canadian opponent who they only see twice a year. The last time these two teams met, Adam Gaudet won it in the shootout. How fun was that in Vancouver last spring? That was so much fun. I mean, say what you want about Gaudet, but that was a great moment. And I'm sure that's one that he's going to remember for a long time. Yeah, damn you, Adam Goddad. He scored against the Belleville Sens this weekend with the Marlies. Yeah, he was one of their top stars, yeah. Yeah, well, that shootout goal was sick. We got the reaction. I think we still have it in our... Oh, yeah, it's here. Yeah, there's no chance we don't, do we? No way. Did I? I might have had to delete it. Oh, wow. He was one of our guys here. Oh, my God. R.I.P.I.P. with that one. That's that's sad. But, yeah, great... uh, Great moment there when he scored. Oh, of course, I have it. There it is. Unreal. Right in the crowd there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so Adam Goddett scores the the Oat shootout winner. How about the guy with the flames on his Sens hat? If you know that man. Epic. Need that hat. Absolutely. Um, okay, so Vancouver, they got off to an absolutely horrific start this season. Let's get to that after because we're far enough in the show. We've talked too much about 22. Yesterday, the day before, looks like he's out. Now, is this just to appease the fans, Pilsy? Or do you think DJ is actually understanding that, hey, maybe Jacob Bernard Docker, the unknown, he hasn't played an NHL game all season, is better than what we know and have come to expect out of 22? I don't think it's to appease the fans, Ross, because if it was to appease the fans, this would have happened a long time ago. I think finally DJ Smith is, is sitting down and being like, all right, enough is enough and that's the thing i'm a dj guy but the use of of zaitsev is unacceptable to to be quite frank like it there's no way you can back that argument up especially when you have guys like jbd lassie thompson and even some of the guys they signed in belleville ross like uh, jacob larson or uh who's the other guy i'm blanking on his name right now no not hetherington they got another guy yeah christians rubens like those guys aren't all-stars or up-and-coming prospects, but you can throw them in for a game or two, and I'm sure they would have better results than Zaitsev. So the options were there. Now JBD is here, and I I still would like JBD to play more top pair minutes in Belleville, but the hands are tied here. Like, what? Like you cannot have number 22 keep coming out here. So I, I fully co-sign this decision. It's It's time for JBD to take a step. Well, from top pair minutes in Belleville to top pair minutes in Ottawa, he was paired with Thomas Shabbat at practice yeah. yesterday. Fair, yeah. But I, I think I think this also is going to help DJ Smith have to um, spread out the ice time between the lines too. Because 
Sure, Tom Shabbat is accustomed to playing 25-plus minutes a night in the NHL, but JBD is not. So I think that's going to help him. And now with Branny on a on a different line, like your top, your left side is set. I feel comfortable rolling those lines, uh, not equally, obviously, but with much closer uh, shift lengths like we looked at at that chart. So I, I think that's going to happen with JBD because – DJ Smith is not going to want to have JBD playing 25 plus minutes tonight. So that inevitably should cut down Shabbat's time too. Nice. Inevitably. Is that word of the day right there? It, I, I kind of, I kind of fumbled that one a little bit, but What's inevitably word of the day, inevitably word of the day. It sure is. Word of the day. Inevitably. How come the word of the day for me is just when I mess up a word, but <laughs> for you, well, it's when you nail it. Well, no, it, it's when we learn a new word. That's what oh, it is, okay. one way or another. That was a new one for you? Yeah, inevitably. Okay. No, no, it just comes off the tongue nice. Nice, yes. It certainly does. You know what else is nice? Seeing JBD actually get an opportunity. I'm setting the over-under at 15 minutes of time on ice. You taking the over? Oh, big time. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I, I think it should be closer to uh, – I'll, I'll, I think the over-under should be around 17. 17. Okay. Let us know in the comments. How, how often is JBD going to play tonight? Like, will he get regular shifts with Shabbat? Because we've seen other guys paired with Shabbat to start. True. But last game, they just reverted to Zaitsev halfway through the game. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, now they don't have this option, though. But we could see them, uh, Ross. I'm glad you mentioned this because we could see them mix it up in ozone draws. I wouldn't be surprised if we get Brandy and Shabbat going in ozone draws. And I don't mind that. No, exactly. In the right situation, that's that's a good call. Get those two out there and hum around. It's so ironic or, or kind of confusing is Eric Branstrom looks so good with the puck on his stick and still two assists, no goals in, in 11 games. Like the, the counting stats for him, they've done him dirty. He hasn't scored a goal since the COVID year. It's been a long time since Eric Branstrom scored a goal. When's the last time he scored a goal with a crowd? It, Has he scored an logo. NHL goal with the crowd? 3D logo for sure. All right. Uh, this time I'll do some quick, uh, right. quick Crack search in here. team is on it. While Pilsy looks that up, let's go through the Ottawa Senators lineup tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. We've got Tim Stutzla between Brady Kachuk and Claude Giroux. I love that top line. I'm not sure about Derek Broussard at the number two center, but with the, the horses that they have right now, I guess we understand it. Derek Broussard is in between Alex DeBrinket and Drake Batherson. Shane Pinto back down on the third line with Tyler Mott and Matthew Joseph. And Mark Kastlick in between Parker Kelly and Austin Watson. On defense, Shabbat with JBD. Sanderson and Hamannick. And Brandstrom with Nick Holden. We are unsure of who's going to get the start between Anton Forsberg and Cam Talbot. We are recording... Before the morning skate, Pilsy, and I took a big, deep breath there because what if Zaitsev just finds his way back in the lineup today? We riot. I mean, <laughs> no. like what? Like, riot at noon. Yeah. Um, I just checked, Ross. Eric Brandstrom has never scored an NHL goal with a crowd. Stop. Are you serious? He has two goals in his NHL career, and they both are in the 2020-2021 uh, season. Were they in the and same game? No. Against no. Cal They're back-to-back. -back. Yes. Calgary and Montreal uh, in February 23rd and February 25th of 2021. And I believe there was not a crowd at that no, time. Wasn't. 
Yeah. No, so there was no crowd the whole season. Exactly. Well, no, at the end there was like five. Oh, the very end. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I was double checking. But yes. So this <laughs> Eric Branstrom has never scored an NHL goal with a crowd in attendance. Wow. In how many games total? We're looking at 127 NHL games. Obviously yeah. not all with a crowd, but that's that's a wild stat right there. You know what? You've inspired me, Pilsy. I'm changing it up. Eric Branstrom, my love it. player tonight. I say he does it. Branny, just play like there's wow. cardboard cutouts in the crowd. <laughs> I mean, even that's not that inspiring because he only scored two goals and they were in back-to-back uh, games. But hey. And guess what? Both against Canadian teams. They're playing one tonight. True. I like I like that spin zone. Okay. All right. So Brandy's your locked on player. Yes, he is. All right. Well, s- since you took that route, I'm going to take the obvious one. JBD is my locked on player here. His first NHL game of this season. He's playing with Thomas Shabbat and Ross. For once, the narrative isn't how is Thomas Shabbat going to uplift his partner. How is JBD going to find a way to uplift Thomas Shabbat? I, that is the narrative right now for me because. Tom Shabbat, we hate to harp on the guy, and I, don't, I think we've been fair. It is he hasn't played up to his usual uh, role and expectations. So hopefully, having a guy like JBD, who I still believe in internally, is the best defense partner for him long term and in the future. So this is uh, this is not the recital, the dress rehearsal. This is the dress rehearsal for the future, and hopefully, it goes well here. Hey, credit to Bruce Garriock too for for pushing Dorian. Like it was like five six minutes in, they're talking about the defensive zone and how things are struggling. And Garriock just looks at him and he goes, "I mean, the elephant in the room is Thomas Shabbat's play." <laughs> he just told Dorian that straight up, and Dorian did a good job, I think, of kind of lumping everyone together and not singling out a leader on the team, a guy who, for the Sens to be successful, Thomas Shabbat has to play well. Like there, there's no alternative option. He needs to be a number one defenseman, if not number two, because this Jake Sanderson kid 11 games into his career looks like just an absolute stud. But that's besides the point. I like how he kind of put put his feet to the fire there. Like, hey, what is it about Shabbat's game that needs to be a little bit better? And he just said everyone needs to be a bit better. But tonight, the power play needs to be better. That's my key to victory for Ottawa. It's it's sad. I have no idea how this much talent hasn't been able to figure it out. They're moving the puck so slow. It's like everyone knows the puck's going to Debrinket. And we said last year, everyone knows that it's going to Norris, but he can score. They're cheating so heavily over to that side with Debrinket. Shabbat, to me, really needs to move the puck quicker at the top of the umbrella. Right now, he gets it, and then he looks around, and then he makes his play. I need more one-touch passes at the top of the umbrella. Get the puck into the hands of Batherson. Get the puck into the hands of, of Brady down low. Try to get that that classic Brady jam play and then collapse a little bit more. Everyone knows they're working it around the perimeter. It's coming into Brinkett. They shoot. They stop it. There's no sustained pressure. This power play is at its best when they're moving the puck quick, and they haven't done that. They're 0 for 5 yesterday. They haven't scored a power play goal in a long time. i got to pull up the exact stat because it feels like forever. But hashtag Levy Lock tonight, Pilsy. Not only is Alex Debrinkett going to score a goal, He's going to do it on the power play. The power play right now is 0 for its last 12, going back to the second period against Florida. 0 for 3 against Tampa, 0 for 3 against Vegas, 0 for 5 against Philly, and they they missed their last power play against Florida as well. Oh, interesting. That coincides with their losing streak, more yeah. or less, as they only went 1 for 5 against Minnesota, still only at a 20% clip. And during this five-game losing streak, 
They've allowed a power play goal against in every single game. Smarten up special teams, but in particular, that power play. Yeah, that's fair. And and Ross, when things aren't going well, you tend... Oh, Randy on the power play too, eh? A little wink, wink, eh? Yeah, hey, that would be all right. I mean, yeah, we need that. Um, when things aren't going well, you tend to hesitate a lot more because you want to be sure you're making the right play. Whereas when things are going well, things are instinctual. Like you're, you're not even like, you're not even thinking about it. You just know what to do with that puck, and that's what it seems like. The Sens' power play is—they're not doing what they know what to do. They're taking too long to think about what they should do. And in the NHL, that extra half a second that you take to make a decision, it can be the difference between getting a pass to an open man and getting a stick in the lane and that's broken up and then cleared out of the zone by the PK. So they need to be going off instincts more than just kind of worrying too much about what's happening. And you mentioned a couple things, uh, doing the Brady uh, crash the net, getting it to, to brink it. Ross, I want to see them go with what's worked. Go with the Giroux Pinto bumper play. That has been successful. Even Brassard has been able to get in on the mix on that too. Go with that. And if if Giroux and Pinto aren't the guys on the ice, Batson does a great job in that bumper as well. So that's where I want to see. I like I want to see them having the Debrinket play as the decoy. Have everyone think that's what you're trying to do, and then when. They fully cover the Debrinka play. Hit them with the bumper. That's what I want to see. I think that's the key to their power play. Um, we just had our research team slash. I mentioned a Martian. Our little stat there about Eric Brandstrom. One of his two goals was from center ice. Remember? Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, Claude Drew scored from there. It's a high danger scoring opportunity when you're shooting from there. Yeah, and all I want to say to your point is. If I see Derek Broussard as the extra attacker one more time, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, like we love Brass here, but I'm I'm not convinced it's worked out so far. I, I've said it, and people can laugh at me. I'll take Gambrell over Broussard so far. Gambrell's looked good. Six, no, not in the top six. I never said that. Don't put that into – don't put those words into my mouth. Not well, in the top six, obviously. What, what about Shane Pinto? Like, do you prefer him in that top six role? Or do you think he's better suited right now playing with Mott and Joseph? I mean, those questions all hinge on the Josh Norris injury. Do I do I prefer him in that top six? No. Do I think he's better suited on that third line with Mott and Joseph? Yes. You don't have Josh yeah. Norris, though. But right now, tonight, would you still keep? Because they tried Pinto up there. And they didn't really produce a whole lot there with, with the Brinkett and Batherson, at least in the last game. So I understand DJ kind of wanted to try something else. They juggled the lines and they found one that worked with Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux. Yep. So now you're taking away Giroux from, from Pinto and they were together for a touch. I, I think that you're probably looking at a situation where he's going to be more effective playing on the third line. Yeah, I agree. And the reason he's more effective on the third line is he's getting a chance to go up against lesser competition. Uh, He has some chemistry with Joseph and Mott already. Um, Yeah, I think think you keep him on that third line just because that's what's worked. That's the thing, Ross. I'm, I'm not trying to go galaxy brain here. I'm trying to think what worked and what didn't work. So the Giroux bumper play on the power play, that worked. Let's get back to that. Pinto on the third line, that worked. Let's get back to that. But... I do believe when you do that, you're kind of punting on the other line. Like yeah. you're just 
Because Dabrinkit, he's shooting 4% right now. He's a career, like, 15 16% guy. He scores 40-plus goals multiple seasons, and he's just absolutely flat right now. So if you take Pinto off that line, you're not doing uh, Dabrinkit any favors. You're not doing Batherson any favors, in my opinion. But it hasn't worked, so why would you keep rolling it out? So to answer your question... I think the way the lines are set up, yeah. You, you put brass on that line and you keep Pinto on the third line. It's wild. 4% right now, Pillsy. Four. He's got the most shots on the team, too. It's not like he's getting snake bitten without getting the puck towards the net. 49 shots, top 10 in the NHL. And his, <laughs> yeah. his career is 15%. Him and Kyle Connor, who I, I see a lot here in Winnipeg, Kyle Connor's shooting 4.9%. He also only has two goals in 11 yeah, games. Wow. These guys have the exact same stat line, except to bring it as two more helpers. But one one team is seven three and three, and the other team's still looking for its its first win in his last six. So obviously, it's a little more magnified with Alex to bring it. But these scores and the reason I bring up Kyle Connor, like there's still no doubt in my mind that he hits thirty this year. There shouldn't yeah. be any doubt that Alex to bring it does as well. I think he might be playing himself out of forty conversation. But 30, I mean, you're still looking at, hey, if they all come, 30 goals come in the last 45 games, hey, they're, they're going to be looking good down the stretch. You just hope it's not garbage time at that point in the season. But I'm calling it right now. Alex Dabrinka, power play goal tonight. And I'm hopeful that it's not just a one-timer from his position. I want to see, I think he'd gain even more confidence if it's a goal like on a on a rush or if it's like a rebound at the at the side of the crease and he pounces down like I feel like a goal like that's going to kind of get the the juices flowing and how many times can we say it if he scores one it feels like the floodgates are going to open but you got to get that one he hasn't scored since the game against Minnesota yeah yeah and I thought that was going to burst things open but uh, not the case so I I like the levy lock but I'm still nervous about to bring it like the the thing is we haven't found that proper setup guy for him yet. And that's that's the key to a sniper. A sniper is, I mean, it's sniper is only good as, as good as their spotter, right? The guy that sets it all up and then they just pull the trigger, right? What about Batherson trying to get those two on the power play together? I think that could be, it's something that they haven't really tried yet. Batherson's been on that unit with Shabbat Stutzla. I guess the Brinkett's kind of played on both the last little while. Yeah. So you have seen a bit, but not at any length of time. And they're playing it five on five together now. I want to see Batherson kind of tied at the hip of Dabrinkit over the next while. He's, he's the best playmaker in this top six right now, with all due respect to Timmy. Yeah, that, that's fair. But yeah, they're out there on five on five. So, Well, if you're looking for cookies, this is a decor to go up against as we turn our attention to the Vancouver Canucks. Let's start in goal. We're not sure whether it's going to be Thatcher Demko or Spencer Martin, but I can tell you that Thatcher Demko's numbers are horrific. This is one of the best goalies in the league when he's on his game, but he has not been that so far this season. An 890 save percentage? Huh? On defense, Quinn Hughes with Luke Shen. Oliver ekman Larson with Ethan Bear, a name that a lot of Sens fans wanted. Canucks got him for a fifth-round pick a couple weeks ago. And then Riley Stillman, the son of former Ottawa Senator Corey Stillman, and Tyler Myers on defense. Up front, we've got JT Miller in between Tanner Pearson and Brock Besser. Elias Pettersson in between Andre, don't call me a senator, Kuzmenko, and Ilya Mikheyev. The third line is Bo Horvat on the third line. Vasily Podkolzin and Connor Garland. And this fourth line, I got to be honest, I like to think I know a lot of hockey players. I've never heard of two of these three guys. Eamon, Dakota Joshua, dub. 
and Jack Stanika, who they just acquired in a trade with the Boston Bruins. Their record is 3-6-3. and They're 3-4-3, though, in their last 10 games. Their top scorer is Elias Pettersson with 15 points in 12 games. Ross, Dakota Joshua did not play in the dub. Oh. I, I thought he did. That's a dub name, but he he did not. I think he, he went play. to college route. Um, if, if we're looking at this with Demko, Ross, I kind of think the Demko stat line may mirror the Anton Forsberg stat line. Like, yes, it looks god-awful, but I haven't watched a lot of Canucks games, obviously, but I think that may be nodding more towards poor defensive play rather than poor play by Demko. But I don't know that. That's just kind of what I'm seeing here because Forsberg, his numbers are very similar, and I don't think any Sens fan would say he's been bad or terrible. He just... Fair. Hasn't looked great. So I'm I'm a little nervous about Thatcher Demko, that's for sure. But uh, if we're going with my lookout player, it's got to be Quinn Hughes. I mean, this this guy, when he uh, when he's on his game, he had a minor injury this season that kind of uh, kept him out for a couple games. I think two, a couple exactly. But when he's playing well, he's so good. Like he he's registered. Yeah, Quinn Hughes. In 13 games, he has 15 points up against the Ottawa Senators. And in this season, he's got a point in almost every game. Quinn Hughes is now on a three-game point streak and has points in all but one game he's played. So the points are coming very, very easily for Quinn Hughes. And when you've got a team that has this many offensive weapons, they they don't have a lot of game breakers aside from, well, Miller and Pedersen, I would say, are game breakers. But just the depth they have all around this lineup, there's a lot of guys he can set up from the decor. And he's someone that I love watching. His skating ability is incredible. So Quinn Hughes is my lookout player for tonight. And I think Sens fans can sympathize with the fact that their star defenseman has been paired with an anchor. I can't believe Luke Hughes is, or sorry, Luke Hughes. Is, <laughs> ironic because there is a Luke Hughes. He's going to be a very good defenseman. And imagine Luke's, if Quinn and Luke were on the same pair. Oh my God. And Luke Shen has a brother as yeah. well. So yeah, wow. This is, this is a, a, a mental pretzel waiting to spin itself even further. But Luke Shen, still a top pair defenseman on paper. At the NHL level. My lookout player though, Pilsy, you know where I'm going with this. Andre Kuzmenko, who was reportedly being courted by the Ottawa Senators, former teammate of Artem Zub in the KHL. We thought we had a mythical creature that could bring him to the nation's capital. He chooses Vancouver, and he's probably pretty glad he did. This guy just had a hat trick two games ago against Anaheim. Four-point night. Pilsy, get this. He's up. In uh, in 12 games, he has 11 points. Now, he scored in his first ever NHL game, had an assist in his third, then went pointless for four straight, and since, six goals, nine points in five games. But that's not what I want to highlight. What's almost as impressive, he has zero hits in 12 games. Wow. You won't find him in the corners, I'll tell you that for free. Zero hits, oh my <laughs> God. Bruce Boudreaux must love that. Zero hits, and he's played a total of 85 minutes. No, that's only in the last five games. He's played 192 minutes, and he has zero hits. All right. Well, that's check the game notes, bud. That's that's something good to know. Yeah. If I'm Brady, I am running him on the first shift. Yeah, absolutely. Let him know this isn't the KHL. You're not playing the Olympic swimming pool anymore. Hey, eh? there's nowhere to hide. 
<laughs> yeah, no kidding. So that's definitely a good spot to get on there. So yeah, but Kuzmenko, sure, this guy's not out there uh, throwing the body around, but he's got one hell of a shot. So that's Throw someone they're going to have job. to take down. Worst tape job than Timmy, though. Oh yeah, I haven't I haven't oh. looked at it. So he tapes his stick. He goes one layer and then moves over to the side. I'm actually just going to pull up a photo of it. Andre Kuzmenko uh, tape job. He basically leaves a, a, a little bit of the, the blade between each one. Everyone was – yeah, it's so funny. The name of this article is Sens are interested in Andre Kuzmenko. And, and it's just a big pointer to uh, – and this is why you got to watch the show on YouTube – as well, we appreciate everyone who subscribes on any platform. Pilsy, your thoughts on that tape job? So every other line is just pure blade? Yeah, it's blade. So I wonder why he would do that. <laughs> like, how's that going to affect his shot? I don't know. seems like it's doing all right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, very strange. So I'm going to keep my eye on Andre Kuzmenko. You've got Quinn Hughes. Pilsy, we've got my uh, key to victory. We don't have yours. Why don't you wrap up today's show with your key to an Ottawa Senators victory. And we do want to let everyone know that you can find us in the postcast following tonight's game. You can subscribe on YouTube. Turn the bell on to notify when we go live. But it will be 10 or 15 minutes following tonight's game. Yep, fired up for the postcast. Um, my key to victory, Ross, is... The Sens need to get a handle on the momentum goals. We always talk about that. But more specifically, the last minute of a period is not just a let's hang out and let the clock run out. Like, it seems like the last minute of periods, they're either getting penalties or they're on the power play. And they're always getting scored on and they're not taking advantage of that power play. Like, so my key to victory here is don't take off the last part of each period. Cause it, that's what I've noticed the Sens are doing. And I think I saw a stat, somebody posted on our, uh, on our Twitter, Ross, a stat about that. And uh, I wish I could remember it now. You, you think preparation Pillsy would be on that, but taking the, I'm, I'm taking these shifts off apparently, but that's something that I've noticed is consistently happening is the Ottawa Senators at the end of periods, they're just getting worked and, then you have no momentum going into the intermission. And then you come out flat starting the next period. So my key to victory is keep that same battle going. Like if anything, Ross, bump it up to 120% at the end of the oh. period. You're getting 20 minutes off. So give it full gas and then just take your break there. So that's what I want to see in this game. No doubt. So if Ryan Reynolds is not there, then it's... Uh, should win. What was the wording you used earlier? Need to win. It's a need to win. It's a need to win if Ryan Reynolds is not there, but if he is, it's a can't lose. Am I right with that, DJ? Yes. Ha ha ha. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You can't lose in front of Ryan Reynolds, but are you disavowing the whole thing? Like crumple up the contract, get Ryan Reynolds out of the spotlight. Stop talking about our Ottawa Senators if he shows up wearing Vancouver Canucks merch. No, because he's he's from Vancouver. He hasn't bought the team yet. From Vancouver, I mean, he, Vanier stand up. He had a big shout out to one of Ottawa's best kept neighborhoods, Vanier, in his Tonight Show rant. Yeah, but I mean, he made it clear that he's from Vancouver. He just spent time in Ottawa. I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm just, if anything, Ross, I would actually, it would be better for me if he showed up in Vancouver Canucks stuff because that shows he's loyal. So he's loyal to his team right now. 
but he's going to buy the Senators and then he's going to be loyal to the Sens. The one thing, and we talked about this at the last show, but if he does the split jersey, I'm out. 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 Do we think that he's going to wear Sens gear, Daniel Alfredson? Uh, probably not. No, but you know what? A suit will do. You know what? Look look the part of what you want to be, Ryan. If you want to own the team, don't be showing up in a jersey. Yeah, dress for the job you want. <laughs> That's I'll for throw. sure. And uh, maybe the Ottawa Senators team shop. Uh, toss a free hat his way or something like that. I mean, Eugene Melnick, infamous for rocking jerseys, outdated jerseys yeah. at that. So maybe maybe dressing for the job you want <laughs> is wearing a Fanatics Ottawa yeah. Senators. Jersey Somebody get him a SNES jersey. <laughs> yes, yes. He needs to do that. I mean, lean into it. Rock the Black Senegal. Yeah. It's going to be a fun game tonight. We'll chat about it in the postcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. For more, once the morning skate happens, this is one of those early recordings for us. Uh, the Sens should be on the ice by the time you're listening to this. So head over to at Central on Twitter. Make sure you follow the page. The road to 10,000. On, on Twitter continues. Um, and, and yeah, after the game, we'll be on our YouTube. So put the bell on, subscribe. And that's all we got for today. So for Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. Your team every day.